Morning, church. Um, I'm Natasha, and today's first Bible reading comes from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 to 9. That's found on page 588 in your Blue Church Bibles. So, from chapter 42, verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged until he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives, from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to, other, to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Morning, I'm Joe. Um, please open up your Bibles to Mark. We're studying at the very beginning of Mark, and the page is 812. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Let's begin. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water... He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. 
The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Thank you for those readings. It will help to turn back to the first one, uh, page 588, if you have a church Bible. As we continue our series, working through the second half of the book of Isaiah. Page 588. An advance warning, there uh, are going to be time for questions and comments uh, at the end of today. But first, let's pray. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you so much that you speak to us, that you have not left us in the dark. And Father, as we study this part of your scripture this morning, we pray that you would correct us, that you would rebuke us, that you would encourage us, that you would train us in righteousness, that we might live lives more pleasing to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, last week, this uh, last weekend, this article in the paper caught my attention because I was preparing this talk. It says, "If you have purpose, then you can pretty much survive. If you have purpose, then you can pretty much survive." It was an article about the American singer-songwriter Cat Power. Anyone know of her, Cat Power? Not her real name, by the way. Surprisingly. Um, I didn't know her either, but she tells the story of her very first media interview. And the journalist on that occasion was a young 17-year-old woman. And this uh, young 17-year-old interviewer, uh, just a couple of weeks before the interview, had contemplated taking her own life. Uh, She felt suicidal. But she listened to a cat power song and that drew her back from suicide, drew her back from taking her own life and uh, this story was shared with Cat uh, in that very first interview and it it had a massive impact on her and in this interview uh, she spoke about that experience and she said hearing somebody relate to me like that deeply, uh, that told me that I'm not as messed up and a waste of life that I thought I was. That gave me purpose. And if you have purpose in your life, then you pretty much can survive. Now from the article, it was crystal clear that uh, Kat is not a Christian believer, uh, which makes the point that Even the world understands that human beings need purpose to survive. We human beings need to have a sense that we're here for a reason, there's some purpose in our lives. Uh, We need to have a sense that our lives are not totally meaningless if we're going to press on in life. Well, today we come to a passage that reminds us of God's purpose and therefore reminds us of what our purpose should be. Last last week we saw that chapter 40 of Isaiah was a massive turning point. 
that up to that point, Isaiah had been talking and warning of God's discipline coming on his people. Mostly, that's chapters 1 to 39, God's discipline. And then chapter 39, he foretells that great discipline, the exile to Babylon, which lasted almost 40 years. But then the change in chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. God will raise up a mighty conqueror who will set the Israelites free from exile and they can return to their promised land. But now as we move on to chapter 42, we see that that was only the beginning of God's plan. He is also going to raise up a perfect servant who is going to fulfill his purpose, not just for Israel, but for all the nations. What do we learn about this servant from this passage? Well, you see three headings in the outline uh, inside the information sheet. Three headings of what we learn. Firstly, the servant's mission. The servant's mission will be to bring justice to the nations. We're told that three times. Could be important. Three times. End of verse 1, he will bring justice to the nations. End of verse 3, in faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. And middle of verse 4, till he establishes justice on the earth. Do you think this could be important? Possibly. The servant's mission will be to bring justice to the nation. Question is, what does that mean? What does it look like to bring justice to the nations? Well, it means that he will bring God's just order to this world. He will set things right, God's way. We see that from the context. Just go back a few verses to chapter 41, verse 21. Chapter 41, verse 21. Present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob's king. That's God, the God of Israel. Tell us, you idols, what is going to happen. Tell us what the former things were so that we may consider them and know their final outcome. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what the future holds so that we may know that you are gods. Do something, whether good or bad, so that we may be dismayed and filled with fear. But you are less than nothing. Your works are utterly worthless. Whoever chooses you is detestable. What would you say is the greatest injustice in the world? What's the greatest injustice in the world? Is it the rich ripping off the poor? Could argue that. But I would put it to you that highlighted here is a greater injustice. And the greater injustice is idolatry. The greater injustice is that the pinnacle of God's creation, human beings, worship something that isn't God instead of their creator. That that is the greatest injustice in the world because it is robbing God of the glory he deserves. For example, every time we take a decision which is driven entirely by financial greed, 
rather than God's glory, we are serving money, not God. We are robbing God of the glory he deserves when we do that, every time. That's the greatest injustice in the world. And so to bring justice to the nations will be to turn the nations from their idolatry to serving God, to worshipping God. That is what the mission of the servant will be, nothing less than that. That is why God says at the end of the passage, have a look at verses 8 and 9, I am the Lord, that is my name, I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. False gods can't predict the future because they don't control the future. They control nothing because they are nothing. It's only the true and living God who can predict the future because only he controls the future. Only he has the future planned out. So only he can predict the future. That is the test of the true and living God. And from the point of view of the Israelites here, whom Isaiah is addressing, who'd returned from the exile, he had predicted the future. He predicted the exile again and again through the prophets. He predicted the return from exile. And now here he is predicting something fresh and new, the coming of his perfect servant. And he would not give his glory to another. He will not yield his glory to another. He would not sit by and see nations that he had created worshipping idols instead of him. He would send his servant to turn the nations back to him. His mission is described in a bit, uh, bit more detail at the end of verse 4, or a bit more information. <clears throat> in his teaching, the islands will put their hope. The islands for the Israelites were the islands far away out in the Mediterranean. Sort of the peoples as far away as they knew of. So it's another way of saying all peoples. All peoples will put their hope in the teaching of this servant. And a bit further on in verse 6, God will make him to be a covenant for the people. Now, which people is he talking about here? Well, I think it's the same people as verse 5. God gives breath to its people. That is, all the people of the earth God gives breath to. This is talking about, again, all peoples. God will make the servant to be a covenant for all Peoples. What does that mean? Well, a covenant is a binding agreement. It's the sort of binding agreement you entered into when you bought your house. You signed on the dotted line or bought a car. You signed. Yes, I purchased this car. Through the servant, God will make a binding agreement with all peoples. We'll see that what, what that is in a couple of minutes. Also, at the end of the verse 6, notice the servant will be a light for the Gentiles. The word Gentiles here is the same word as nations in the rest of the passage. And I think it really should have been translated nations here as well. And that is significant because Israel is included. See what he goes on to say in verse 7. 
to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Who are the blind captives? Well, yes, it's the Gentiles, the non-Jewish nations. They are blind in their worship of things that aren't God's at all. They are captive to things that are not God. Yes, they are blind captives. But it's also Israel, God's own chosen people. Have a look down at verse 18. Verse 18 of chapter 42. Isaiah says, Hear you deaf, look you blind and see. Who is blind but my servant? And deaf like the messenger I send. Who is blind like the one in covenant with me? That's Israel, you see. Who is blind like the one in covenant with me? Blind like the servant of the Lord. Israel, God's imperfect servant. And have a look at verse 22, still talking about Israel. But this is a people plundered and looted, all of them trapped in pits or hidden away in prison. Israel as well are blind captives. The servant will bring the light of God's word to all nations, including Israel. He will open eyes to see God's glory. He will set them free from slavery to sin. That was the mission that God predicted for his perfect servant. Now, most of you, my guess is, even when you walked in this morning, knew who the servant was. Is that right? Probably right. God's servant, Jesus. But let's not quickly pass over the fact that God predicted the coming of his servant, Jesus, 800 years before it happened. Let's not quickly pass over that fact. God is the God of history. He's able to predict history because he's in control of history. He's planned history out. And he knows what's going to happen. And so he gives his prophets the message about what's going to happen, including the coming of his servant. So we can say with Isaiah, verse 10, sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. Praise the God who's in control of history, all of history. But of course, we also praise him today because he did send his perfect servant when the time had fully come. And his mission, we can see looking back, was exactly as Isaiah predicted. The nations have put their hope in his teaching. We are testimony to that here this morning. People from all over the world. We've come because we've put our hope in his teaching. Still many more peoples to reach by the way. But the process has begun. The new covenant between God and man was sealed. How? In his blood on the cross. That new binding agreement between God and humanity. Sealed with his blood. On the cross. And all over the world, Jesus has opened people's eyes to God's truth and has set people free from their slavery to sin. Exactly as Isaiah foretold. And I hope you can say this morning that He's opened your eyes and set you free. as I can. 
But let's focus for just a minute on this aspect of the servant's mission of bringing God's just order. To bring justice to the nations. Have a look on the screen at 1 Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul telling the Thessalonians about reports that he's heard about them. And he said, they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. What a wonderful truth that all over the world the Lord Jesus has turned millions of people from bowing down to non-existent idols, from serving stuff like money that is not a God at all. He's turned them from that to worship the true and living God. As Isaiah said he would. And friends, here's where purpose comes in. Because We are called to be servants of the servant. If you know Jesus, you are called to be a servant of the servant in his mission. We're called now, we have the amazing privilege to be his instruments in calling other people away from their idolatry to serving God. That's our mission. That's what he saved us for. So that they too will bring him the glory, the glory they deserve what a purpose that is what a, what a grand purpose can you think of a higher calling than that we are heavy with purpose as christians it's coming out of our ears we have so much purpose and if that doesn't get us out of the bed in the morning i think there's nothing that will But not only do we see the servant's mission in Isaiah, we also see his manner. We see how he's going to go about his mission. We see what he's going to be like. He's going to be gentle, compassionate, and faithful. Gentle, compassionate, and faithful. Verse 2, he will not shout. That is, he won't shock and startle people like some rulers like to do with their tweets, perhaps. He will not cry out. He won't lift up his voice. That is, he won't dominate people or lord it over people. He won't raise his voice in the streets. That is, he won't be promoting himself. Speaking about his achievements all the time. No, he'll be humble. Verse 3, a bruised reed he will not break. I never understood this picture because I thought of a floppy reed, you know, in the, in the river. This actually is more like a bit of bamboo. It's a sturdy reed. It's like a strong stick uh, growing up out of the river or, or the land. And you see, a long stick is useful for many things, isn't it? A walking stick to start with. But a bruised stick, that is a crushed stick, is not so useful. And you see, this is a picture of people of crushed and wounded and broken people, like ourselves. People crushed and broken through living in this fallen world. People crushed and broken by their own sin, but by the sins of others, 
by the suffering and the grief of this world. But this is good news because you see the servant won't break such people. He will not come to condemn such people, to destroy such people. And still in verse 3, a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. A similar picture, a candle barely alight. You know, just a red glow at the top of the wick and a bit of smoke coming up, just about to extinguish. A picture of people with most of the life and hope and optimism and love squeezed out of them by the suffering and the grief and the difficulty of living in this life. A picture of you and me. But good news again, the servant will not come to condemn such people, to destroy such people. But the rest of verse 3, in faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will be faithful to God, this servant, and faithful to those crushed and drained people. He will be faithful to them. He will heal them. He will enlighten them and he will bring them to God. That will be the mission of the servant. And again, friends, it's easy to see, isn't it, how Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. One example I'll share with you, Matthew chapter 12. Jesus goes into the synagogue on a Sabbath and there is a man with a shriveled hand. Can't use his hand at all. Here was a crushed stick and a smouldering wick of a man. And Jesus knew he would be condemned if he healed this man on the Sabbath. But he did it anyway. And when, sure enough, the Pharisees plotted to kill him, Matthew tells us he withdrew from there. But a large crowd follow him, followed him. And Jesus healed all who were ill. Just feel the impact of that for a moment. Jesus healed all who were ill. And he told them, don't say a word about it. Don't tell anyone what I've done for you. And then Matthew tells us, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant. And he quotes the first four verses of Isaiah 42. You see, as Isaiah foretold, Jesus did not big note himself. How easy it would have been. So now you guys, you make sure you go and you spread the word how I healed you. No, 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 no. You know why? Because he wanted to be able to go into the villages. He didn't want to be mobbed by everyone coming to him. He wanted to be able to go into the villages freely so he could preach the good news to them. He said, don't tell a soul. He did not break a bruised reed or snuff out a smouldering wick, but he healed them. And he said that he had come to bring rest to the weary and the burden. That's Matthew 11, verse 28, Matthew 11. 28. Uh, the weary and the burdened, like the crushed and the dimly burning candle, people like you and me, he said, I've come to bring you rest and rest not just for this life, but for the life to come. Peace with God. That's why he came. Praise God for his perfect servant. Praise God. And friends, as, servant of, as servants of the servant, we are called to go about our mission in the same way, in the same manner. Gentle, compassionate, faithful. 
Look at what the Apostle Paul said to his ministry apprentice, Timothy. And the Lord's servant, notice that word there, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. See, our lives are to be modelled on the servant, gentle, compassionate, faithful. Faithful to God, faithful to the people he's called us to love. In a word, getting back to Isaiah, the servant will be perfect. God delights in him. See there verse 1? My chosen one in whom I delight, or other translations put it, in whom I am well pleased. That is why, as we read, Mark 1, Jesus' baptism, the voice came from heaven, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That last phrase, straight from Isaiah 42. In whom I delight, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus was God's perfect servant. The Father delighted in him. He pleased the Father in every way. And that is why, friends, he was able to bear our sins on the cross as the spotless Lamb of God. And even in this, we ask to strive to be like him as we go about his mission. Jesus said, be perfect. That's what he said to his disciples. He said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Strive to please the father in everything. Now, sure, we know from experience and scripture that we're going to fall short in all sorts of ways, but we are called to aim for perfection nonetheless. Jesus calls us to be like him in that, to aim for it in all we do, like the delightful servant. So then, we've seen the mission of the servant, we've seen the manner of the servant. Finally, let's notice his secret of success. And his secret of success is that he will be sustained every step of the way by God his Father. Look at verse 1. Here is my servant whom I uphold. God will grip him firmly. He will keep a tight hold on him. He will sustain him. Still in verse 1, I will put my spirit on him. He will be spirit empowered. And verse 4, he will not falter or be discouraged. It's interesting, literally that says... He will not grow dim, uh, like the wick in verse 3. And he will not be crushed, like the reed in verse 3. That is, he will be subject to all the normal human suffering that we go through in this world and the normal human temptation. Satan will be out to crush him. Satan will be out to extinguish the light in the servant. But the servant will persevere. He will not be crushed. He will not be extinguished. 
but he will persevere and he will succeed in his mission. And this is fulfilled by Jesus as well. The Spirit descends on him in his baptism as we read. He is Spirit-empowered in all he does. The Gospels make that point again and again. And he suffers as any other human being. He is tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. He perseveres because he relies on God, his Father, in everything. Often in the Gospels, he goes away by himself to pray to his Father because he's relying on his Father every step of the way. And in this, he is our model as well as we seek to serve him in our mission, in his mission. So my friends, what have we seen? What have we seen? Well, if you have purpose, you can pretty much survive. If you have purpose, you can pretty much survive. Cat Power got it right. And boy, if you are following the servant, do you have purpose? What a purpose. God's purpose. To be his instrument in turning others from their idolatry back to him. To open blind eyes. To set captives free to teach his word all to the glory of God that's our purpose friends. our purpose is crystal clear and the world needs purpose because ultimately they don't have a purpose not one from outside and ultimately you can't invent your own purpose you have to have a purpose that's given from the outside But here's the challenge for us, friends. Is my purpose Jesus' purpose? Not just do I say it is. Do I say, oh yes, yeah, that's my purpose. But actually, is it my purpose? If I was convicted with a charge of sharing in Jesus' purpose for the world, would there be enough evidence to convict me? If there was a camera following me, each day would there be enough evidence to give oh there's a guy my goodness he's sharing Jesus purpose look at what he's doing would there be enough evidence friends to convict us of being on Jesus mission day by day I know we have lots of different purposes in a sense we have purposes to do with our family we have purposes to do with our possessions our our uh, occupation our rest the question is Do those little purposes, do they fit under the big purpose? The mission purpose, the purpose that God has given us? Or are they out of step with the big purpose? That's the challenge for us, friends. And as I go about my daily activities, am I conscious of my purpose? As I meet this person, as I go to this meeting, as I spend time with my family... As I go to this function, is is my prayer, Lord, use me as an instrument in your mission, in this little thing that I'm doing now. Use me somehow. And as we do that, friends, let's examine our manner. Is our manner consistent with our mission? Is it gentle? Is it compassionate? Is it faithful? Do we increasingly share the servant's manner? Gentle, not harsh. Compassionate, not hard-hearted. Faithful, not fickle. 
And like the servant, let's remember the secret of his success. Dependence on God. Is that how we prepare for each activity in the day? Say, God, please help me to be your servant in this situation. Well, before we pray about these things, is there a question you'd like to ask about Isaiah 42? Uh, about something I've said or a comment you'd like to make? Or maybe not, which is absolutely fine. Do grab me over morning tea if something occurs to you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you control history. We thank you that 800 years before he was born, you predicted through your prophet Isaiah the coming of your servant Jesus. And we thank you for him. We thank you that he has opened our blind eyes, that he has set us free from our bondage to sin, that he has turned us from idolatry to know the true and living God, that through the shedding of his blood, he has made a new covenant, covenant of forgiveness. We thank you for the Lord Jesus and Father we pray you'd help us in the mission. Father we fall so short of being your servants in so many ways. Please forgive us. But Father help us to look ahead. Help us this week to be your instruments in turning people from idolatry to you. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen.